Ballistic Sports Foundation Physiotherapy and Georgetown Honda present Out of the Park with Barry Davis. This week, we are privileged to celebrate the memory of a very special, very inspirational young woman as we talk to Jeremy and Carly Accardo about their daughter, Leighton. If her journey helps anybody for even a second or a day or it. through a, uh, a treatment, it just means the world to us. Hi, folks, and welcome to Out of the Park. I'm Barry Davis, along with Tom Forth. And uh, this week, folks, uh, due to the nature of the conversation you're going to hear with the Accardo family, uh, Tom, you and I decided we're not going to, you know, start talking about our sponsors. We're not going to start yakking about the Blue Jays and how they're doing and all that. That can wait. We can talk about that next week. Um, this conversation that you are about to see and hear, uh, it, it hit us both both as parents um for those who are unaware um the accardos uh have a, a beautiful family four children and one of them uh a daughter named Layton, uh, was diagnosed with cancer at, at a relatively young age i want to say she was around seven and she fought it and she fought it really really hard uh and recently passed away from it and the accardos uh specifically carly has been using social media to help her in the healing process, Tom. And she's done such a wonderful job of sharing the story of Leighton. She really has. It's so inspirational. And, you know, as hard as this talk was, um, we, we like to think of ourselves as, as the human side of, of sports here on Out of the Park. And, and this, you know, this week for sure, the human really takes center stage. And you know, two absolutely wonderful people that have been through, uh, you know, Hell. a terrible ordeal yeah. and, and what they're bringing out of it and the way that they're moving forward and celebrating Leighton's life and trying to learn from her experiences and make the world a better place from the life that she lived. It's, it's absolutely magical. Um, yeah, it's not our normal baseball talk this week, but I'm so proud uh, to have been a part of this conversation and to be able to share it with people. Yeah, and we talk about this in the conversation, but I want to preface this off the top too, in that whenever you're seeing an interview with people that are grieving, there's always the thought that, you know, on our end, we were very intrusive and we kind of pushed them into it, but that's not the case at all, and you'll hear it from them. Uh, I just wanted to make that clear. This is a story that they want to get out to the world that they want to share. Yeah, yes, and... You know, I, I think it's it's absolutely beautiful, and and I understand that there's going to be people out there that that you know are going to want to say we're capitalizing on it, but we don't make money any money off of this. No, right? this is true. We we do this because we love sports, and and especially for me, uh, I mean Barry, you met me while I shared some of the hardest things I ever went through on social media, mm -hmm. and and for me, you know what? As much as people slag something like Twitter or Facebook for sensationalizing pain, you know social media is a tool and if you use it as a tool if you use it properly it paved the way it helped me line my steps up in my recovery and you know what it's helping the Accardos right now share the memory and the wonderful story of this beautiful little girl who was just inspirational to everybody that met her everybody that talked to her everybody that touched her and you know to anybody that that is going to jump out there and be like oh you know we're sensationalizing you look in the mirror and, and I, I think this world is going to be an awful lot better if we're having the hard conversations because, you know, it's through dealing with the hard stuff that we get into the real beauty of this story. 
and what we'll learn and what you'll all learn from watching and listening to this is, you know, as a parent, Tom, you and I both say to ourselves, if something like this were to happen in our family, how would we go on? How is it even possible to go on? And you will learn from this conversation with the Accardos that it is possible. It's not easy. It takes an awfully long time. But slowly, day by day, you can start to return to some semblance of what your life was before. And you'll hear that. So without further ado, uh, we now invite you to listen in and watch our conversation with Carly and Jeremy Accardo. Hey guys, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us. And really, uh, you know, since, since we lost Leighton, there have been so many incredible tributes that have been out there. I know none of them can change what has happened, but how comforting has that been for you guys as parents to see just this outpouring of love for Leighton? Um, it's, it's, I think one of the things that, that hits me is that as parents, we always kind of think that we're going to, we're going to forget or people are going to forget. And, and obviously we're not, we think about it daily by the minute, by the second, but I think with some of these things that people are doing and recognizing Leighton for who she was and, and, and what she meant to so many people just solidifies uh, her legacy and that, you know, somebody can go to a game and say, what is that? And look it up and just be inspired by her. So she's going to continue to work and just inspire people and, and show strength and courage and, and, you know, just endless and endless things. And that's the beautiful thing about a legacy and the beautiful thing about a spirit is that, you know, unfortunately, she's not here physically every day, but the impact that she's made and the inspiration that she's given to so many people, guys, that's never going to go away. I mean, she's always going to be here for that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes us really proud. Yeah, exactly. What do you think it is about Leighton that reached out so effectively to so many people you know she was she was a great athlete a great hockey player but really the impact that you know the videos that have been going around every all the tributes the impact that she had on the lives of the people around her is just astonishing and you know it's a bit of a hard question but if you had to if you had to say what it is about her that makes her so special that makes her so relatable what would it be um, I mean, I'll, I'll start. I know Carly has some, some good words about this too, but I, I think it was an energy. I think that when she walked into a room and she met somebody, it was just, a, she just brought a different feeling to you. Um, whether it was her smile, um, just her passion for what she does, her, her intensity in what she was trying to accomplish at the time, or, or even with sports, like people were just, just they just lit up from it so I think that's a big part of it and then people knowing what she was going through and, and how she dealt with it even in the public eye I think was another thing that was just breathtaking for for so many um Leighton was just so positive and she was always she always found the good in every situation um you know I used a lot of examples when um, I gave her speech at her 
<clears throat> celebration of life, but just, you know, little things that she would notice, like at least this chemo only makes me tired. It doesn't make me sick. And when her hair fell out, it's hair, it'll grow back. And then it did grow back and then it fell out again. And she would say, it's okay. I saw it grow back. I know it's going to grow back. She always just found, there was always a silver lining and she always found it. And I think people loved that because it made them really wake up and go, uh, things aren't that bad. And I should really start to see the good in my situation too. Yeah. I had the pleasure of, of chatting with her on one of these shows uh, a couple of years ago. And the thing that struck me was the courage that she had. And she didn't want sympathy. She didn't seem to want anybody to feel sorry for her. She wanted to use her experiences and help other kids and anybody else that's going through this. As parents, did that make it any easier for you to, to go through this with her, knowing that she was so strong and she was... I don't I don't want to say she was unafraid but she was just a she was such a strong young lady mm -hmm. she definitely made it easier on us because you know we didn't have to we didn't have to push her and force her through it she just did it and made it easier for us to walk with her and and, and go through everything with her because you know we went, we didn't have to force her to do anything some kids you know they had to get held down when their port was accessed and they'd be screaming because they were scared. And as a parent, God, you don't want to have to do that to your kid. But we never had to do that. She just said, mom, can you hold my hand while they access my port? And I would hold her hand and she might squeeze a little bit. She might shed a single tear, but she just did everything with such courage and such bravery that it made it easier on us to have to walk through it all with her. Oh yeah, I mean, I can't, what Carly just said is dead on. Um, I, I said this a few times with um in a couple interviews and you know she got me through it which is a an awful thing to say but it was the truth i mean she she did definitely make things easier on us and especially with what she was having to go through um and what we were having to go through um at the same time the, this resiliency that you saw from her, is that a lesson that you were able to apply to help you once her journey came to an end, pick up the pieces and, and move on? Yeah, um, because as awful as it is to lose a child, at least, you know, we can look back at it all and appreciate how many people she touched. And, you know, our silver lining is that she will have a, an everlasting legacy and she did make a lot of people happy and she brought light and, and, you know, just happiness. And so for that, we can be thankful that we did get nine years of that instead of no years of that. When you, when people hear that we're going to be talking to you, some, some will say, you know, you know, we're being too intrusive to you, but I wanted to make sure and that you guys, and I mean, we're not doing this to, you know, dig up dirt or do anything like that. This is to raise awareness and to make people aware of what what a tremendous human being Leighton was. And, yes. and along the way, and even now, do you guys hear from a lot of families that are going through similar situations that can kind of say, you know, I'm glad you shared your story because now we're going through this? Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of parents um reach out via social media or, you know, through a friend of a friend 
um, and they all, you know, have good things to say, like, we can show our child that, you know, it's not all bad, that you can still find good. Um, you know, even there was one time, I, I don't know if you ever saw it, but I, I we might've even talked about it in the last interview. Leighton would always have me videotape her getting her port access. Yes. And we would post it. Well, there was one family, so, well, a friend of a friend reached out and said, hey, we've got a kid who keeps freaking out about his port access. Can you send that video of Leighton so calmly getting her port access? And since then, that's happened three or four times. Like just little things like that. Like it's so small, but Leighton's still helping these kids, even though she's not alive. You know, they're still seeing videos of her smiling and videos of her being happy and it's making them happy too. So, um, yeah. And just, and to circle back to what you said at first, like it, it being intrusive, it's um, it, it's, it's never intrusive. It's actually something that, I mean, obviously we, we know when we talk to somebody, it's going to bring, bring back the tears and the, and the sadness, but at the same time, it's going to show so many more people and it's going to reach so many more people and, and she'll still be continuing to touch and, and help people. And if, if, if her journey helps anybody for even a second or a day or through a, uh, a treatment, it, it just means the world to us. Well, I'll, I'll never deny, I'll never decline an opportunity to talk about Leighton because yeah. I could talk about her all day long. Do you find it as time goes on, it becomes a little bit more cathartic when you talk about her, when you post old pictures and stuff like that, as opposed to it just being real painful to do? As time goes on, does it become more of a, like it feels great to see the picture or see the videos again? Mm, they still hurt. I mean, yeah. I know you follow me on Facebook, so you see when I post like my memories and stuff of her, they're definitely not getting any easier. Um, you know, every time those memories pop up, they, they take my breath away yeah. because it just kind of reminds you again that she's not here, but yeah, um, I it's, still love sharing them and, and stuff like that. Exactly. If, if I could compare it to something, it's like that going up of a roller coaster and then that immediate drop, like you see the joy and you remember, and then it's like, and damn. she's gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's tough, but. It's a, it's something that I actually like going through daily to, to just kind of see the memories and the way iPhones are now, every time you open it, it's an old picture and yeah. it seems like everyone's late. And so, but you know? I don't, I don't want her to ever not be talked about. Like, you know, I said this at her celebration of life too, like to all of her, her friends that were there, I said, if you want to come up and talk to us about her, come up to us tell us a story share a memory like yeah. we want these things to to live on and we never want to forget them so don't ever be afraid to talk about her you know it's a common theme that i've heard in in a lot of the the posts on social media is that is that digging for the the you know the good in even the hardest of situations and you know a, a little bit of the good um that really has been reaching out to people has been through the coyotes yeah. and the video that they did. And, you know, 
what I think a lot of people, what, what struck me about it is how rare it is for a, a sport, you know, media enterprise or a sport company to, to have that heart, to have that, to, to, to reach out and, and not only take an active life in Leighton, but to celebrate her during her struggle, after her struggle, um, you know, is, is there a tangible sort of plan going forward with, with the Coyotes to, to, you know, continue her legacy and the work that she did? Um, yeah, Lindsay Fry, um, with the Skating for Layton event and the scholarship fund that they started, that will be, um, an annual event at what capacity like, is it always going to be Lindsay skating 96 miles or somebody else skating 96 miles? Probably not. It's going to change. Um, but every year there will be a skating for Layton event to raise money for her scholarship fund that they started. They started as well. Um, it's pretty oh, cute yeah. to see little Layton's is what oh. they call it. So it's getting, you know, I young believe- girls to, to the teens just out on the ice and skating in it. And it's, they're wearing yellow jerseys. It says little Layton's. It's just, it's the, um, it's pretty cute. It's the equivalent of their little howlers program, which is their introduction to hockey, but it's for girls only. Um, and it's kind of, cause they have their Kachinas program now, which is the only all girls hockey club in the Valley. And that's the travel club. Um, and prior to the travel club, you have small fries. And now prior to that, you'll have little Latents, which is your three to five-year-olds that are just learning how to skate. Um, the program is a six week long program. Um, they had, I mean, I don't want to be wrong here, but I mean, we took our daughter Leanne out to that event. It looked like there was about 50 girls on the ice. And for $49, they got six ice sessions with Lindsay Fry plus other Kachina coaches. They got all of their gear, including skates. Brand new gear. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and they got their USA wow. hockey registration and two tickets to a Coyotes game. The other thing about the Coyotes that I have so much respect for is that while Leighton was fighting through this, they allowed her to live out some dreams that, you know, maybe she wouldn't have had a chance to do. I mean, getting out on the ice and doing those things. Uh, when did you guys first start connecting with the Coyotes? How Did they reach out to you guys? How did that all come about? So we already knew Lindsay um, just through the youth hockey scene when she had come back after her stint with uh, the U.S. women's national team. Um, and then I also knew Matt Schott, um who does a lot, uh, who's very heavily involved in the youth hockey community. Um, so we knew, we had already known them and they knew Leighton as a hockey player and as just an athlete in the Valley. When she got sick, um, Matt and Lindsay, I mean, this was right from day one, from May of 2019. I mean, publicly you didn't see Leighton come into the Coyotes lives until November of, uh, 2019 with hockey fights cancer. But they had already been behind the scenes. They were bringing sticks. They were bringing uh, sweatshirts and blankets. Um, they, you know, um, OEL sent Leighton a video when she first got diagnosed saying, you know, hey, Leighton, I, I heard you win a lot of battles on the ice, but you're going to win this one off the ice. Like behind the scenes, they were already heavily involved. Publicly, it didn't come to fruition for everybody else to see until hockey fights cancer. But when, the plan for Hockey Fights Cancer was all being mapped out. To them, it was a no-brainer that Leighton was going to be the ambassador. So, um, and 
that just continued to grow and grow and grow from there. And there's so much stuff that the Coyotes and members of the organization there, uh, both from the past and the present, that they did so much beyond what people are seeing on videos yeah. and and what what's been written they they helped us with flights they said hey we're gonna send you on our team jet when you go get this big surgery they sent videos prior and post ops and players coming over and contacting us and, and i mean it's just endless. and then it goes even beyond the coyotes just the nhl and, and hockey players in general are just a special breed of people Mm-hmm. and they always do so much and they they put other people first a lot a lot more than i think most you know professional sports i just think that's maybe that's how they're raised they go live with billets they understand they meet different people so um it, it's just been an absolute overwhelming thing to be a, to to witness and be a part of and and you know with that and major league baseball players helping us it's just been beyond what we could ever even dream of for help. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Um, are there lessons that, you know, you can now take to the Mets organization from this in terms of community outreach, in terms of compassionate outreach? The, the Mets, the Mets have been right there with us yeah. the entire way as well. Um, the only difference being is that there wasn't this, you know, baseball fights, cancer, broadcast where where they could introduce late into the world the the Mets have been absolutely fantastic as well I can't say enough about Brian Smalls the traveling secretary like he organized a hundred flights for Leighton and I he had all of our trip like they helped us with hotels they had cars arranged for us to go to every single doctor's appointment every radiation appointment um they sent meals to the staff at the PICU where Leighton spent most of all of her time when we were at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Um, The Mets have been fantastic. They've, they've done, they've gone above and beyond. They really, really have. The Mets doctor has been amazing. Um, Pete Alonzo sends, sends stuff. Noah Syndergaard checks in. Like all these guys are, are unbelievable. The only difference is, is that we had a hockey fights cancer night where the relationship was broadcast to the world. Um, So, I mean, the Mets have been, I don't want, to make it seem like the Mets haven't been amazing because they have, they've been outstanding. And to kind of, to go back to what you first said, to bring some stuff to the Mets, I think that me telling these stories and showing them videos and what it actually means to people, um, just the players in, in general, and just being like, check this out. Like it just brings them back sometimes. And, and, and everybody needs that. I needed that when I was playing, um, and it's just something to show them like, Oh yeah. I stepping out too. for a minute changes a year of somebody's life. So, you know, you do what you can and when you can and, and take the spotlight that you've been given and, and do some, some real good. And I mean, it shows, I mean, when, when I got to go back for the, um, unveiling the ring of honor, yeah, the ring of honor unveiling, it, the players were fired up like every Mets player. They were bidding on jerseys, outbidding each other. They were just having fun, and they wanted the jerseys. They, they were all really excited about it. Taiwan Walker was at the actual Hockey Fights Cancer Night in 
Oh, wow. You know, I mean, he didn't even want to bring it up because it chokes him up. You know, it would any father, but um, Strowman, just all of them have been just fantastic. And, and all the ones that Carly named, they, the DeGrom, everybody. They, professional sports is, is extremely uh, uh, a tight knit community. And I think everybody feels the pain that anyone else feels in the game. So um, Carly's dead right. You know, the Mets have been fantastic as well. And it's just one of those things that you just got to do good with what you got while you got it. You know? Tom and I are, are both parents as well. And I think any parent that has never gone through anything like this before probably thinks if this ever happened to me, I, I don't know how I would deal with it. So what kind of advice could you offer to parents that, are going through this or may have just received the news that one of their children is, is ill. Um, I don't really think there's a right or wrong answer to that because every person, every family, every situation is different. Um, I mean, I definitely in my early years as a mother and watching my four kids, never in a million years would I have dreamed that we would end up in that situation. Right. You don't think this will touch us. You don't think this will happen to us. You don't think it'll happen to your best friend's kid. You don't think it'll happen to your sister's kid or your brother's kid or, you know, your cousin's kid. You think that you're untouchable to this stuff and you're not at all. Um, but I think everyone handles everything different. I don't think you can write a book. Um, all I can say is that um, you have to rely on the the people that are close to you accept the help when it's being offered don't think you can do it alone because you cannot because if we didn't have the community that we had helping us um i don't know how we would have gotten through it um when someone said can i help i said yes you can can you please do this and they would say yes i gladly will do that for you you know a lot uh, don't be that person that goes, no, no, I'm going to handle it all by myself. No, accept the help because you will need the help and rely on people because everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to, to, to do something for you. So take the help. Um, but every family is different. Yeah, you know, I, every kid is different. And I think that the one thing that I could say, and, and this is probably true to anybody that's going through it, is don't try to tackle the whole thing at once, just tackle it day by day and, mm -hmm. and try to be positive and, and understand that the high is going to be followed by a low and then it's going to be followed by a high and there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to have to wait for, for test results and, and you're going to have to wait and... for scans. And those days are probably the worst. Um, yeah. So I think you just got to be positive and take it day by day, minute by minute and just understand that there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And the more positive you are, the easier the whole situation is for your child, for your parent, for whoever's going through something like that. Um, and just also know that they're probably as scared, more scared than you. So just be honest and open and positive and yeah. just attack it slowly. You know, um, one of the Toronto Blue Jay broadcasters, sorry, my cat's just decided to grace his presence here. Um, Joe Siddle, who's uh, one of the Toronto Blue Jay broadcasters, uh, he lost his son to cancer. And one of the things he said was that at first, 
like as he was starting to try to put his pieces back together again, there'd be moments where something funny would happen and he would feel guilty for laughing. He'd feel guilty for smiling. And finally he realized that, you know, his son would be looking down saying, for goodness sakes, dad, that was funny. You need to laugh at that. Where are you guys in that process? Are you having moments where you can actually, you know, smile or laugh? It's kind of a constant battle because um, you, we have these other three kids and these three kids deserve us and they need us to show up for them and they need us to be present and they need us to be with it and involved. And you want to be there for them because they're your children and you love them. But then you also have these moments where you feel guilty for enjoying those moments without Leighton. So I can 100% empathize with what he's saying. But then I'm reminded by, I'm reminded by my mom and Jeremy and my friends, like Leighton would not want you to be sitting in a corner of your bedroom crying your eyes out. Leighton would want you to be at Larson's baseball game. And Leighton would want you to be, you know, um, at Leanne's gymnastics meet and, and smiling and cheering and all that. She wouldn't, she wouldn't want you sitting around uh, you know, just under the blankets. Yeah. Um, Barry, you know me, I like to goof around and have fun, but um, there's some days where it's tough, but I just find myself needing to do it more. It's almost like a, like a medicine to go laugh and have fun and stay busy and yeah. go to our children's games and watch our children's games and not take those little things that kind of piss you off or upset you daily so hard. You just go, well, I'm not going to waste my time with that. I'm just going to go try to have as much fun as I can because it's what makes me feel good. So, I mean, what's the alternative, right? People, you, you can't be drowning it in booze and that kind of stuff because it's just going to lead to no good, right? Yeah. No, no. And and we've got three, like I said, we've got three kids that deserve us and that we need to show up for and be present for. Um, you know, they, those three, they really took a back seat for a long time and they were happy to do it because of the situation we were in. They understood the severity of it. Um, so, you know, we still need to be here for them. Yeah. How are her siblings doing through this transition? Um, have they been, have they been coping? Okay. Have they been helping you? Yeah, they're, um, they're really busy, which is good because it, yeah. like we said, it keeps them distracted. It keeps their mind busy. Um, Larson and Leanne are, uh, Larson's 10 and Leanne's seven. So they definitely understand it more than Locke. Locke is only five. Um, so Locke will just like, he'll have his moments where he'll just, you know, randomly walk into the kitchen and he'll just go, I miss Leighton. And they go, I miss her too, buddy. And then he just, you know, grabs his iPad and walks away. Um, whereas Larson, like, you know, he, uh, we have a long drive from his hockey practices when he is in Scottsdale. And like if a song comes on the radio that reminds him of her, mm-hmm. they'll get pretty upset. But, um, and Leanne the same. So it's kind of like a, a roller coaster. Yeah. I think they all kind of deal with it in different ways. Um, Larson does it in spurts. Leanne, every single night she's wearing a, one of Leighton's shirts or yeah, one of her, cancer sucks or whatever yeah hundred of those we have but um i think they all kind of do it differently and i, I think, think it's gonna yeah. be a battle 
I think Locke, as he gets older, he's probably going to have more questions because he's going to want, like, he'll probably have random memories and stuff like that. Um, So he'll probably have more questions as he gets older. But, um, yeah, like I said, their their busy schedule keeps them distracted. But when they're by themselves and they kind of get in their own head, then they're definitely pretty upset. Those moments aren't too often, though. I mean, I I think that they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, considering is what I, I would, I have nothing to base it on really, but um, I, I think that they're doing pretty good. Larson's teacher emailed me um, just to, cause she would just, you know, I'm just letting you know, I'm keeping you updated on Larson. And, and she said that um, when she asks Larson about Layton, he now talks about her. Whereas a while ago, a few months ago, she would ask about Layton and Larson didn't want to talk about her. And now he'll he'll share a memory or he'll tell a story or something like that. So I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, uh, we uh, on the show, we always have a, a, a very small studio audience. We've got three people that are uh, on the line here. Um, the three of you that are, are here, thank you so much for, for your patience. And uh, Fiona, let's begin with you. If there's uh, anything that you'd like to, to ask Jeremy and uh, Carly here. I don't, I don't have a question. I just want to say, you know, very nice to meet both of you. And thank you so much for letting us participate tonight, helping Keaton Layton's memory alive. As a mother myself, I I can't imagine losing my child. I don't think I even want to begin to imagine what that must be like. So you're both incredibly brave and and all the best to you and your family. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. As a, you know, we talked earlier about the courage and the strength that Leighton had. Um, as things started to progress near the end, did she get a sense? Like, did she know that it was it was you know coming to that point in, in the fight? I don't think that. So we never told her. No, but I don't think that we don't know if she knew. We don't. Um, truly, I think that she didn't think it at all yeah. just because of her mentality and like wanting to just beat the hell out of this thing. You know? Yeah. And I bet she, even if she did know, she probably wouldn't want to tell you that she knew cause she wouldn't want you to, to, to get, get all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, um, that was a struggle for us that. Yeah. That when, bit. um, you know, when we were told that, that, you know, the end was coming because there was nothing else they could do. The, I guess, in true late fashion, the silver lining that we got from her surgeon and oncologist in New York was that it was going to be liver failure. And liver failure is very peaceful. She was just going to fall asleep and she wasn't going to wake up. So Jeremy and I made the decision then uh, to not tell her because we didn't want her scared and we didn't want her thinking she had failed, you know, that, that the cancer won or anything like that because it didn't win. Um, so we didn't want her passing with any sort of thoughts like that. Yeah. And then we bought her a puppy and she was really happy for like 20 minutes before she fell back asleep. And (laughs) it was the best 20 minutes ever. Yeah. Fiona, thank you so much for your comments. Uh, Sue, say hi to Jeremy and Carly. Hi, Carly and Jeremy. Just 
such a touching story and I just found getting so choked up. I, I don't really have a plan either, but thank you so much for everything you've said. And I'm sure you'll be wonderful uh, models for any other parents that have to go through such a tragic time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sue, thank you very much. Uh, John, is there anything that you'd like to, to add? Yeah, I just want to, a couple of things. I just want to observe how, how, how much strength you two have together. Uh, it, you've obviously walked through this with each other and given each other the strength to carry through. And it's just so obvious that that love is there. And, and your bravery, you know, I, I can't imagine what that would be like, but you two have survived this and you will survive. And uh, I just give you huge hugs and love for all of that. And the other thing I, I got from when you were talking was when you're talking about your kids, your other kids, is that you're giving them safety. You're giving them the, you're not shutting it down when, when her name comes up. Yes. You're, you're acknowledging, you're speaking, and, and it's not something to be put away, and we're never going to talk about that. And I, I think that's a really, really important point to make because you could go the other way, but you're right. not. You're being open, you're being loving, and I just think you're two amazing people. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah we, we told them, you know, whether it's a good memory or a bad memory, whether it makes you happy or it makes you sad, we should still talk about it. I mean, we were we were walking through the city today. Uh, just had an off day in Manhattan, went to the Empire State Building, just walking down Fifth Avenue and in Broadway, and we started talking. And even our our seven year old Leanne is like, I want you know the what we're gonna do with Layton's ashes, and and she came up and just said, we I want her at home, and I said, all right, all right. yeah, like. We just bring that stuff and we ask their opinions too. So I, we really do appreciate what you said. It was, it was well said and thank you very much. Guys, before we let you go, I mean, again, and John raised a good point about how you guys were able to kind of build off of each other's strengths and, and really, really bond. Did this whole experience tighten the family bond between you that even now, like the five of you, are just probably stronger as strong as you possibly can be because it's built you guys up so much. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. the five of us together have been through hell and back, you know, there's not much more of a worse situation for a family to go through. Um, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a horrible path we had to walk, but we walked it together and, yeah, you know, definitely makes us stronger for it. Exactly. There is Carly and Jeremy Accardo, and and once again, Tom, uh, for the two of them to open up the way they did to us and, and to uh, some of our insiders that were uh, in that Zoom room as well. Oh man, I I I'm tearing up again just watching it. Yeah, it was a powerful, powerful show this week, and. Uh, dark clouds but a, a real beautiful rainbow i think at the end of it um you know we've we've all got to deal with stuff like this and i i, I think that the accardos sharing their experience the way that they are 
sharing it in such a positive way, the good and the bad. You know, they're not painting, they're not painting a picture that's not true, right? They're showing us how much trouble they're having at times. And as hard as that is, it, it you know what? It makes the world better. And it was a beautiful conversation to be to have. Absolutely. Folks, we want to let you know that on next week's show, uh, we'll be catching up with former Toronto Blue Jay pitcher Marco Estrada, who uh, I don't know if he's officially, officially retired yet, but it seems as though his baseball playing days are done, and we'll catch up with him on that. Again, a big thank you to Carly and Jeremy Accardo. Tom, thank you so much, as always. And to all of you watching and listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your week.